There's Lewis and Martinez now. Martinez with speed centers. Clifford scores! What a pass! What a finish! 2-0 LA! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. How about that fourth line group as this stretch pass gets it to Foley? On for Kovalchuk! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. Well, I said uh, the rest of the season starts now, and start it did. The Kings are 1-0 in the rest of the season. 1-0 in the Willie D era. 1-0 in the Gabe Velarde non-red practice jersey era. But most importantly, 3-1-0 in this homestand where we've said we'd like to see them get to 10 points. They're more than halfway there. This win over the Ducks was as close to a must-win as you can get, I think, frankly. We may have set some sort of record for most must-win games before Thanksgiving. But you know what? This uh, this episode isn't just a collection of my thoughts. I brought some friends. We are here at Staples Center, high above the ice in the Bob Miller Press Box. Joining me, Dave Joseph. How are you doing tonight, Dave? I am doing incredible, Jesse. And James Whitlock. How are you doing, James? It's an amazing night. It is an amazing night. Before we go any further, Dave... Oh yeah! Oh yeah! James, you want to toss one on there? Yeah. All right then. Carly, you want to throw one out? No. All right. She says no. All right. All right. <laughs> Mrs. Joseph joining us. That's right. Joining us here as well. Uh, so look, it's the first game of the Willie Dar- Desjardins era. It's against the Ducks or Desjardins. Whatever. I, I don't know. What, Willie I'm, D. Willie D. Big Willie D. By the way, can I just say before we start, I'm starting a new hashtag. Yeah. You can see it on my Twitter at Dave Joseph LA. <laughs> All right. Hashtag. Win it for Willie. I like it. Thank you. I heard a lot of free Willie jokes uh, in the in the media yeah, room before it, the game. Hashtag win it for Willie. There we go. It's starting tonight. So it's against uh, the Crosstown Rivals, the Ducks, the freeway faceoff. Love that. If they lose this one, man, what a bummer. Um, but they don't. They didn't. They didn't at all. And they won it in... Convincing fashion. The best fashion pod, right? We've talked over the last couple of games about how you wanted them to, to face a little adversity and then overcome it. Tonight, you wanted them to come out and announce their uh, presence with authority. I'm going to reference a different movie this time. Um, and they do just that. I mean, I can't remember how early into the game they scored that first goal, but it felt it felt like right away. And a power play goal. Yeah. And from Brown. right? Dustin His, Brown, what, again. Third in four games, yep. I think. And they were shooting the puck. They were moving the puck. They were moving their feet. What a game. What a game. What I mean, the most entertaining game of the year, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, without question. The most entertaining game of the year. This is better than the Columbus, the win over Columbus. Uh, Which was good. I thought this was, this was more of an all-together team win. Mm-hmm. Um, for Willie. For, win it for Willie, hashtag. Uh, I like the goaltending. You got contributions from Dustin Brown again. Illy Kovalchuk with a three-point night. Kyle Clifford, game-winning goal. Jack Campbell, first NHL assist. Everybody is contributing tonight. What what couldn't you possibly like about tonight? James? I, I thought they showed more jump. Yeah, oh I yeah. thought they showed more jam. I thought they showed a little bit more of everything. And I think the most important thing, to me, correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. it looked like they were actually having fun on the ice tonight. It did. It did. James, so what was go. your take? You were down in the in the in the crowd. It was a, it was a completely different fan experience. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was into the game. Um, we were seeing a lot more momentum on the ice. We were starting to see. We've been talking about pass to speed. We've been seeing passes off the boards tonight um, that were connecting. 
So it was it was that that pace that just picked up that we talked about. How do these players play faster? They seem to find that pace and and play faster tonight. And I want to talk specifically about that Clifford goal because I've been doing an awful lot of talking over the last two days to an awful lot of people about the state of the Kings. Why was Coach Stevens let go? Can they turn it around? Is this franchise just doomed? You know, are there are the rain clouds everywhere? And I kept saying time and time again, this is not a club that got old and slow overnight. You know, the the world did not disappear out from underneath their feet. And on that on that shift, bef- before they even broke out of the zone, Trevor Lewis starts the whole playoff. And I thought to myself, okay, that right there, that play, even even if nothing else had happened, I thought that play right there is a perfect example of why. Uh, Clifford Lewis and Thompson, even though you would never, you know, think of them in the same context as a Kovalchuk or a Kopitar, they're still right. Two of them are multiple cup winners and, and Nate Thompson has been in deep playoff runs. Lewis sets it up. Martinez plays it along the boards, makes a beautiful pass to a streaking Kyle Clifford who pulls off, you know, a goal scorer's move. The best part about that goal and go back and watch this. If you had, if you didn't see it or you didn't notice it, Kyle Clifford taps his stick on the ice three yeah. times. Yeah. Very, very blatantly. Mm-hmm. You hear tap, tap, tap. Martinez puts his head up, puck on the stick. It's in the back of the net. Yeah. Go back and watch it, and you'll see it. Clifford is demanding the puck. And I don't remember the last time I've seen that and seen it so it's like fresh in my mind. You can see him just clap, clap, clap. There it is. Puck's on the stick. It's in the back of the net. That's what, that's what we've been accustomed to seeing from this Kings team that we haven't seen in a long, long time, especially from a guy like Kyle Clifford. Right. Demand the puck, goes in the back of the net. And drives straight to the net. Straight to the with net. With speed, with yep. determination. And and you've got a defenseman who's up in the rush. Right. How many odd man rushes did we see in the first part of this game tonight? I, I'm counting three on twos a couple of times, three, four times early on in the game, and I'm thinking, we haven't seen this all year. Yeah. This, is, this looks like a different team than what we've seen the first part of the season, first 12, 13 games or so. And if, if you look at the numbers as the game progresses, the Ducks begin to pull away in shots. They begin to dominate you know, possession. But it's, again, because the Kings opened up that lead early, even when they score the one goal and it's now 3-1, to one, I, I literally said to myself out loud, well, that's why you've got to bury your chances when you get them early. So who cares if they score one at the end? Then... I literally began to think, oh, my God, is the mayor going to be right? Is it going to wind up being four to one? Because he called it at dinner. He did. He said it's going to be four to one. <laughs> yeah. I said four to two. You said. I said, no, I said, I said five to two because I was going to one five to two. I said four to two. Yeah, I was yeah. going to take five to two. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, as soon as the Ducks scored, I thought, well, okay, they'll, they'll pull the goalie and the Kings will get an empty net. But it did, did it ever feel like Anaheim was nah. going to creep back into the game? The only, honestly, Never. the only time was when uh, they put a weird shot on net and Campbell I couldn't tell if he like fell or he just didn't see it coming, and he, right, he was just off balance, and I, and it looked like it might have accidentally uh, trickled in. But I don't know, James. Did the crowd ever feel like they were out? Of the, the the Ducks were fighting back. Not at all. I mean, the the only worry part was the late penalties. I mean, when, yeah. you, when you see those penalties happen, especially this year, this is where that starts to fall apart, and and you see a lot less um, defensive play. But tonight, the defensive play was strong, and that you. It, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of opportunities because, um, like, seeing some amazing plays from Muzzin. That last penalty kill was all Muzzin, um, which I've been I've been uh, I've been harping on. Like, we need more out of Muzzin, and and tonight he showed it, and and everybody played a part in it. So it, that that part is to me is exciting because now we see a, a lot more of that identity that we we know of the Kings 
uh, coming back. And, and, and when you talk about that fun and, and them just jiving together, like they found their groove and uh, at least it's, it's heading in the right direction. And I, I think that's what Kings fans can really jump on board with is that that energy and that, and that passion is there on the ice. And, and Dave, you're right. They're having fun. There was a penalty kill. I want to say late in the first where Nate Thompson didn't have a stick and he wound up on his hands and knees diving on a puck and he swept it out of the zone yeah. with his hand. But, a, yep. but like even just the, the direction that he sent the puck just out of the reach of the defender at yep. the point to, to bounce off the wall. And, and did you see zone. who was handing him the stick on the bench? I didn't. Peter Budai. <laughs> he go. was he was the furthest to the right to my right to, uh-huh. to, to, uh, if you're looking at the king's bench he was the mm-hmm. furthest person to the right and he got a stick from the equipment manager and was holding it over the boards like waiting for nate tom like come and get it come and right. get it come and get it and he couldn't get there to get it so when nate swept it out of the zone then he went and got a stick what a great play by thompson yeah. and i think james was right about muzzin this was the strongest game we've seen from jake muzzin this year bar none mm-hmm. i mean physical he leveled, and I forget which duck it was at the blue line, but uh, just pasted him uh, and had several big hits. The penalty killing. Sherwood. Sherwood yeah. just creamed him. Yeah. I mean, cleaned his clock. And then had several great plays on the penalty kill. Muzzin was best game of the, of, of the season for him so far, which is good to see. And I also like the pairing of uh, Fanuf and, and Doughty. I think Doughty was actually a minus one tonight, which is strange if I saw that right. But I like the pairing. I like three and eight together. I think they played they played a good game tonight. I want to talk real quick about that hit Muzzin put on Sherwood because it came late in the third, and it was a perfect example of why, even though everybody says that the game, you know, the game's all about speed and it's all about skill and everything, and this style of you know big hit him smash him hockey, you know, isn't as, as effective anymore. Look, Sherwood got, and James and I were talking about this on the way up here. Sherwood got spun around, right? His life got turned upside down because he saw the hit coming pulled up and didn't want any part of it had he just decided to lower his shoulder or to brace himself for impact or to try and beat the hit yeah he would have gotten hit but he wouldn't have been you know he wouldn't have you know done a you know a flip in head over heels essentially yeah and that's the kind of play that happens when for two periods you're you're dominating the game and hitting everything that moves and playing with passion and playing that aggressive style is that yeah in the third the smaller team that's been pushed around all night doesn't want any more of it and and instead of trying to gain the zone and you know taking the hit to make the play he doesn't he he gets annihilated <laughs> and i and i think you need to see that from jake muzzin every mm-hmm. single night i think that's a big part of his game that's that's kind of been lacking uh, to start the season maybe a little bit of last year as well i think that's a big part of his game he's got to be physical every single night and he showed that tonight they made it almost 59 minutes without a penalty in the offensive zone from Adrian Kempe, but they, they managed Whoops. they managed to collect one right at the end. Um, I don't want to harp on this too much because obviously it's a four to one win. It's great. It's everything you'd ever want out of a out of a game. But that third line, you know, we saw a goal from Kovalchuk, and that was the first power play unit. It wasn't the top line, but you know, Carter Brown, all those guys were out there. Um, then we see the goal from Clifford and Lewis. Right, we're we're seeing the penalty kill contribute, and I felt like. I just and I don't know if it's because Luff's a rookie and 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 Pearson's still finding his game, but I didn't see a ton out of that line on a night where we saw everything from everybody else. Am I crazy? Um, a little bit crazy. I'll I'll only say I saw Tanner Pearson get involved a lot tonight. We did almost kill Gibson. 
Yes, but he did have some chances. He was on the puck a lot, and mm-hmm. he he was trying to create. He was being a little more physical. Yeah, he was getting to loose pucks. You could see there was more jump in Tanner Pearson's game tonight. Luff had an opportunity to score, and I want to passed it up. Yeah, yeah, he passed it up. Um, you know, is that it's his second NHL game? I just is figure that that'll come. something that's going to yeah, come eventually. Yeah, yeah he's probably he's going to shoot the puck. Uh, I think that'll come. But I like what I saw from Pearson tonight. I really like Tanner Pearson's game tonight. All right. Well, good. I, I'm. I just. So I had this, you know, come to Jesus podcast where we went over the last four years. Uh, we listed all the mistakes, and I and I revealed to our listeners that sometimes I don't always say exactly what's on my mind. As a result, you know, because I'm right, the official podcast of the LA Kings, so I tend to be a little bit um, diplomatic. Um, I've decided to forego that a little bit and try and speak my mind a little bit more. I'm done. I think I may be done with Kempe as a center. You're just now coming to that. I like. Oh that. no 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 no. I've I've been here. Yeah. I just haven't. I just haven't really said it. Um, I like Kempe, and I can see the skill and skill set that he brings, and the and the benefits that he gives to a lineup. I just. I don't think he's a center. Uh, initially, I thought he was a lot faster. Um, I haven't seen the speed from him that that um i suspected that or i guess we all thought he had mm-hmm. um or maybe it's just not coming through uh, he's not getting a jump on the plays but uh he's not the face-off wins are, are down uh it, it there's better options out there i think with kempe and and kempe can play a good part um but you're right it, in in that center position it's just not he's not developed there yet and and i think there's more work to do if that's what the kings want to do with him but at this point, it, it is time to, to move him out, put him on the end, and, uh, and put someone else in center. Well, the argument I've always heard was, look, he's never going to be – he's not supposed to be a Kopitar or a Carter, right? He's your third-line center for a reason. He plays a defensive game. You know, I've heard all of these explanations. Like, you know, think about him as if he were – I think Robert Long was the comparison that I heard where I was like, oh, well, okay, I, you know, I guess Long was a speedy, skilled – you know, he wasn't huge. Um, and that – argument would sway me a lot more if we were still in 2013 or 14 where the kings were committed to playing this role where your third line was dwight king Jarrett stoll and trevor lewis and they you know beat the bejesus out of everybody every night um but they're not we're in a league where everybody talks about your top nine but you still have to win faceoffs. like that's that no matter what line sure you still want to win those faceoffs. and and if you're at least doing that and you're getting puck possession and then controlling the puck and just taking minutes away from another team, then I would go, I would say, okay, but uh, it ultimately you still got to win faceoffs, And that's where I think he has a problem uh, uh, mostly is, is just me to getting that puck uh, immediately and, and taking control of the play. And, and, you know, Dave, as Dave said, there were more scoring chances from that line. And, and if they keep coming, then I'm fine with that. Um, and maybe it's, like I said, maybe it's because Luff is a rookie. Maybe it's a new... It's just a transitionary period. He's been, you know, he's been having line mates yanked in and Everything's out. quicker at this level, too. He's, yeah. You know, he's still not accustomed to playing at this level every single night. And look, we may get... It's a different game. We may get Gabe Velarde someday, right? Apparently, right. he's out of a red no-contact jersey. He's wearing gray Every, at practice. Everybody's so. wearing gray. Well, <laughs> but, it, but he's not wearing red, and right, that's, exactly. the, that's the important... So, I mean, maybe that learned line winds up being Velarde, Pearson, and, and Kempe, and Velarde and Kempe take turns based on what side of the ice like i don't know well how much how much do you put in put, how much stock do you put into if you put kempe on the wing and you just let him go up and down the wing rather than you know you take away his well, that's what i want center responsibility yeah. and you just put him on the wing and say use your speed and go up and down the wing right i mean that's 
if you take some of those responsibilities away and you just let them, you play the game, you don't have to worry about faceoffs, you don't have to worry about coming back deep into your zone every time, maybe that opens up his game a little bit more. And, and here's the thing. If they only had a defensive-minded playmaking center who wasn't in the lineup tonight, oh, wait, Mike Amadio. Um, just hanging out and doing nothing. But you've won two straight games. <laughs> no, no. I, and look, now do you switch up the lineup because – Like I said, I don't want to harp on this too much. Exactly. Because they won and it's great and exactly. it's fine and I love it. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. So let's go ahead and, uh, and we're going to do the uh, play of the game and the player of the game. So, uh, Dave, play of the game. Play of the game. Dustin Brown, power play goal to start things off, is my play of the game. To get uh, an early lead, one nothing again for a second straight game, your power play clicks, special teams so important today. On a team that's uh, with a team that struggled with the power play so far this season, it's been picking up in recent games. To score first and get an early lead at home, first game for the new coach, Dustin Brown, power play goal, my play of the game. James, play of the game? I've got to say Kovalchuk's goal. Um, I mean – just dominating the play, coming from Campbell, getting all the way down the ice to Foley straight to uh, to Kovalchuk. Um, it was just a beautiful play, and it was just total dominance on the ice. And I think that won a lot of people over, and that's that's the kind of play we kind of expected, that heavy offense, that fast pace. Um, for me, that that was my most exciting moment. Yeah, I'm going to go with just the pass from Jack Campbell, <laughs> from goal line to blue line. Um that was great. And and for a first career NHL assist for a goalie, uh, that was pretty spectacular. And like you said, to Foley straight away to Kovalchuk, that um, was great. Dave, player of the game. Player of the game, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of James, and I'm going to say Ilya Kovalchuk for player of the game, a goal in two. Uh, he's basically, I think he's now a point of game uh, player for this season. He's got three points tonight. I think he had, uh, he was two. That sounds right. Yeah, I think he's a point of game, maybe more than a point of game now. I'm not three fight points with you tonight. About it. But regardless, yeah. everyone said he's too old and, and why are the Kings signing this guy? And well, it turns out he's the Kings' leading scorer right yeah, now. It turns so, out he's real good. Yeah, a goal and two assists for a guy who hasn't played in the league in three years. Five, yeah, I'll take five, that. I think. Five years, yeah. sorry. Is it that long? Yeah. Okay, five years. I'm wrong. Uh, I say Ilya Kovalchuk is my player of the game. James? I can't argue that. I, All right. I mean, uh, three points in a game. Yeah. It's been five years. Yeah. Uh, with with the three points in the game and and getting another goal, um, it's it's exciting to see and it's it's kind of what we wanted to see from this pickup. So keep it going. I would love to make it unanimous, not anonymous. But you're not uh, you're not going to make it anonymous. I'm not going to make it anonymous. Okay. I'm going to go with Jack Campbell because. I think this was the fifth or sixth game in a row where I've seen the other team try and score by flipping the puck off of his back because it worked that one time, and now it like <laughs> happens every night. Um, I don't think enough can be said about a backup goalie who steps in the way he has this year with quick out indefinitely and pr previously quick out you know, for whatever, a couple weeks. Um, he's doing it in a way that lets the team play their game. You know, when Quick went down two seasons ago and Budai stepped in, right, they adapted their playing style to sort of shield Budai and to and to, and to play a real shutdown, no goals allowed kind of style. Tonight we saw, right, they're flying up and down the ice, they're completing stretch passes across two lines, they're hitting, they're moving, and Jack Campbell's out there, you know, he allows one goal that was just a combination of 
fluky nonsense, right? Like he loses his stick, and then you know, there's a deflection. Yeah, a guy who's going to stop that face explodes in the middle of the play. Who's going to stop that puck? No, I mean it was just absolutely not his fault. And in a four-one game, who cares? Um, But I think he's, I think his play is able to give the team the confidence to go out and and do what they need to do. And I don't think you can. I don't think you can overvalue that enough. And and can, can I just say again, I've said it before, I've said it on this podcast very clearly, goaltending is not the issue with this team at all. No. You, you cannot fault the goaltender, what, whoever it is, whether it's Jonathan Quick or Jack Campbell or, or Peter Budai gets to see time, it's not the goaltending. It hasn't been. We haven't seen a goalie blow a game, so to speak. These guys have kept the teams, the team in the game every single night. So you can't blame any of this on the goaltending, the the, the skid that happened before this can't pin it on the goaltenders it's a team game and i think we've seen tonight jack held him in the game uh and when key players step up in key situations like they did tonight brown kovalchuk uh, this is what you get this is the result you get you get a 4-1 win over a pacific division opponent a game you badly needed to win you wanted to win the first game for your head coach and you got a full team effort tonight i think you saw it team was having fun. The fans were having fun. Did you hear the crowd singing tonight? It was oh, yeah. louder than I've heard in a long, long time. It's a Tuesday It's a Tuesday night game in November. This isn't, yeah. you know, April. This isn't we're headed to the playoffs. It's a Tuesday night game in November, and everybody's having a good time. I think it starts on the ice, and it translates into the crowd. If it looks like the players are having fun, the crowd's going to have fun, right? It helps when you're winning. Your problems go away when you win. I think we saw that here tonight. There were a couple conversations uh, in Kingstown over the last week or so where we're all staring at each other going, man, nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody's reading articles. Nobody's listening to podcasts. Nobody's visiting the website. Nobody's listening to the radio. Nobody's watching on TV. Like nobody's coming to the games. They're starting now. Yeah. I mean, this is this, the game against Columbus and now the game against the ducks, the real test comes against uh, Minnesota, Calgary and Toronto. Um, Well, and that leads me to my next point, which I was going to bring up the first game. You kind of think, okay, well, they're obviously going to come out flying tonight. First game for their new head coach. They're mad that John Stevens got fired. Uh, pin that on the players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they've admitted it. Uh, you know they're going to come out flying tonight. The question is, do they come out flying Thursday night? Right. Do they come out flying Saturday night against Calgary? Do they come out with the same kind of effort Tuesday night against Toronto, a good Toronto team? That's that's what remains to be seen with this team. Can they repeat this effort? Can they duplicate this for the next three games? Close out this homestand. That's going to be the key. Maybe I'm and a, I think they do. Yeah, maybe I'm a fool, but I say yes. James, you're going to make that an, uh, unanimous. God, I keep saying I'll keep wanting to say anonymous. <laughs> Absolutely. No, this is. I think uh, there's a different pace in the game, and and when you when you uh, work on that process and the, and that you feel that change the outcome changes. And so I see this I see this carrying through at least through this week and uh, it's going to be a strong homestand. I hope so. I mean, we're still still aiming for I think 10 out of 14 points. So far they've won I take what, that. 3 out of 4. 3 out of 4, yeah. So, I mean, they've got 6. They're almost to halfway. You know, I I, I watched practice on Monday morning, mm-hmm. the first practice that that uh, Willie DeJardin ran as a team and it, it was completely different than what we've seen in the past. And the players came out and they were doing drills where they'd, they'd each line up in one end of the ice and they'd skate to center ice and they'd stick handle through center ice and zigzag between each other and guys trying to take the puck off other player sticks and not bump in and collide with other players. And I'm turning to guys next to me that we're watching practice with and I said, it looks like they're having fun, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. It looks, it was just something different. Like maybe 
they were accustomed to doing the same thing all the time, and maybe they were uh, content or bored or, or whatever term you might want to use. It didn't look like that on Monday. It looked like, and you know, you want to impress the, the new coach when he comes in. Everyone wants to show something, you know, oh, hey, I can play at this level. I can do. Well, it looked like they were having a good time on the ice. They did two-on-two battles. They were doing one-on-one in the corner, battling against guys were doing push-ups if they got beat one-on-one. We haven't seen that in a long time. It was good to see that on Monday, and I think it translated to that, to, to the effort we saw here tonight. So the Kings hired uh, Adam Oates' consulting firm, hockey consulting firm. And before the game, I saw the news, and I thought to myself, what is a hockey consulting firm, and why does a team with – right eight coaches and a and a development staff need with a hockey consulting room so i reached out to peter russo who's uh an incredibly impressive young man i found him on twitter quite randomly somebody retweeted him into my timeline and i reached out to him and i had a million questions for him i had him on an episode of the podcast he had all sorts of crazy insights he's a personal skills coach so i said to him what what is this and is it any good and he <clears throat> spent the next hour <laughs> sending me text messages explaining to me all of the benefits that could come from this kind of consultation and one of the things he said was that he sees the future of the game moving away from a coach that's responsible for both locker room feels and you know uh, analytical strategy he said what you're going to wind up with is consultants or personal skills coaches who who teach the players these little tricks like if you're going up against a defenseman who's a left hand shot versus a right hand shot where their weight is going to be carried where you can carry the puck to give yourself more peripheral vision which will open up your you know options as a as a puck carrier he went into much greater detail than i'm able to remember but the point is he said moving forward you're going to see teams rely more on the individual player's skill and less on systems play less on strategy and I think that that is something we sort of saw last year and a little bit of what we're seeing with those drills. And tonight, the Kings have players who see, you know, Andrzej Kopitar, Ilya Kovalchuk, Jeff Carter. These guys don't need, uh, you know, help seeing the game at another level. They operate at that other level. Now, maybe the league is catching up to that level through the implementation of these consultants or what have you. But even with Trevor Lewis and Kyle Clifford, we saw tonight. You know, that's a, a, a goal that I don't know that every team's fourth line can score. And so if Willie Desjardins, a very long intro to this one thought, if Willie Desjardins can provide whatever emotional boost he seems to be providing, I really think that's all they need. Um, and it's sad to say that maybe John Stevens wasn't the right guy, you know, to bang the pots and pans and get the team riled up. But Well, and we haven't seen the Adam Oates consultant right. effect right. yet because he hasn't worked with the team so right. to speak so we'll i'm anxious to see where that goes but adam oates hall of famer am i am i wrong or yeah hall i mean if, if he's not he ought to be right so you're you're bringing in someone who has credentials who's played in big games who who has unbelievable individual skills if he can teach that to this group if he can bring some aspect of what he's learned from the game over the past you know number of decades 20 something years right now. I mean, you're only going to be helping this team. I think it's a great move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, apparently he's incredibly uh, well-reviewed by players that have used his services. So it'll be really fascinating. I think that's going to wrap it up. It's a bit of a brief episode. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. There's one more thing we meant to do, which is what what went wrong. 
Uh, this is where we break down an individual play against the Kings uh, to find out what went wrong. Um, James, what went wrong tonight? I'd like to start with absolutely nothing. That's the correct answer. <laughs> hey, all right. Nothing went wrong. Great win. Good game all around. Dave was on point. Uh, yeah, I, 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 what was, what did you call the segment? What, 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 what went what wrong? Went wrong. Got yeah. it. Uh, I would agree with James, and I would say nothing. There was nothing that went wrong tonight. I can't. I was racking my brain when you said that, and I thought, no. well, what went wrong tonight? No, nothing. I can't think of anything that went wrong tonight. I'm sure there are some things they'd want back, maybe a play or two yeah. here or there, but overall, grand scheme of the game, nothing. Look, I didn't have any traffic on the way to the game. I had a really good pregame meeting. The meal was delightful. <laughs> you know, you I saw you had a hot dog. I did. You I know, did, yeah. Uh, rehearsal was good. I saw a little bit of it. Uh-huh. Uh, the anthem was great. Yeah. You know. Pia was back. Yeah. So are you making this anonymous? Uh, yeah, I'm making it anonymous. Gotcha. Nothing, there was, nothing went wrong. What went wrong was absolutely nothing. Gotcha. Okay, it is anonymous. Uh, so at some point, uh, we are going to get to the episode with Carlin Bath, the behind-the-scenes uh, or Bates. Bathe. Yeah, the Carlin Bath. Uh, segment, but um, but probably not before our next post game, which is uh, Thursday night against Minnesota. Minnesota. All right. Yeah. Seven thirty so, uh, start. That's right. It's so WWE uh, night at Staples Center. Hopefully, our curse word win streak will continue. I hope so. And don't forget the hashtag, folks. <laughs> That's right. Win, win it, it for, for Willie. Willie. Yeah, That's yeah. right. That's right. Hashtag win it for Willie. So for Dave Joseph and James Whitlock, my name is Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We will talk to you soon. <laughs>